0: Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. My name is Raul Figueroa. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Harvest Church and it's good to be with you this morning. It's good to see all of your lovely faces and If you've got a Bible, if you could open up to Romans chapter 12, we're going to we're going to we're going to finish the text of scripture and thought from last week and continue the journey. We've been on a journey this summer and since the middle of May called A Transformed Life, and uh, really with the desire to uh, remind people and instruct them that the way of the kingdom um, is a different way. Amen? And so... Um, that was our desire we 've been through this journey it has it has prompted a lot of discussion with people and uh, comments and thoughts and, and follow up meetings with with several. Uh, our desire was to encourage people and to show them that and contrast that there is a way in culture that um, Absent Christ has the way, and then in the household of God, um, in the way of Christ, there is a way. And so we walk through a journey of the gospel and of an encounter with Christ and what that meant. And then moving into that, the idea that scripture lays out that you were brought from, from one place into of family when you become a christian and you are brought into the household of god and and we we tried to illustrate the idea that when you're brought into the household of god that 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 the house and the way of the lord there is processes and boundaries and safety amen how many of you guys recognize that um in life there are rules and those rules um, oftentimes are for your benefit, though we don't often see that in the beginning and uh, oftentimes chafe and strain against what we would read or see. Um, and, uh, but when we look at the way of the kingdom and we look at the household of God, it has a way. Amen? And so um, jumping off a couple weeks ago, we talked about that uh, wide is the road that many follow, that leads to destruction in other words, that culture has a way and and, and it 's very easy, and all you have to do is go along with culture and uh, and then, in the kingdom, Jesus illustrated that there is another way and it 's very narrow and it has and it has a path, and few will find it but 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 it leads right into his household and into his place and it 's four your benefit. And it's in this place that we want to highlight and land for a few moments. And so I want to touch base on something uh, right off the bat. And that is that, you know, how many of you have ever experienced the stage, you know, you've had children, you, you raise them, you give them rules, and, and you're thinking that everything that you set into place was good and, and they've obeyed, only to find out later as they grow up, stories you begin to hear in, about things that they did in your absence. And uh, we're in that stage right now, and uh, sometimes the stories are, are very surprising and sometimes alarming at uh, at the adventures that they took in our absence. And so um, I just want to share one with you, um, or a couple. This is when my kids were younger. We, we lived in a place in Cascade Valley that had a big field behind us, and um, in that field was a donkey. And that donkey would come right up to the fence. And I, I don't know that I ever said to my kids, I, I should have looking back on it, um, that you should not ride the donkey, But but now that I'm hearing stories, I'm hearing stories that we had we had this big apricot tree and it was really one of our favorite pieces of that that they they love to eat these green apricot uh, fruit, but also the donkey did as well. And so the donkey would come to the fence and they would, they would feed it or it was just there. Maybe they would pet it. And then as I'm hearing stories, I'm hearing stories as my kids were younger, they would jump onto the back of a donkey and, 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 and it would be surprised and startled and bolt into the field. And the, so, the, so the, the, the thing was how, how long can we hang on and how far can we ride the donkey? I, uh, it's very surprised to hear that, it stressed me out even today. <laughs> also, in that, I've always I've always tried to, to to instill in the kids that you just go do and be adventurous, and so that meant that even in the apricot tree, to climb as high as they could in the tree, and even if it meant sometimes that you know their grip wasn't as strong, or that or that branch that they stepped on wasn't as sure, and there were there were times that I um I, I came running to the backyard. And found my kids hanging upside down by their clothing and uh, had to save them and rescue them. You know, you know these are, these, I'm sharing with you some things. Um, an, another time, I don't know that I ever told my kids you shouldn't jump off the roof of a house. <laughs> that it's did. And um, in hindsight, I'm looking back and I'm thinking of all the things I should have warned them about. You know, don't ride donkeys like that when you're four and five years old and six years old and your parents don't know. And, you know, climbing the tree to his highest point when that peak is bowing and you're, you know, you're hearing creaking, probably not the smartest. There are warning indicators in that. Or, or you know, you know when, when you're standing on the edge of a roof and you're six, seven years old, eight years old, and, and you're looking down and, and you get that thing inside of you to jump, you probably should ask somebody <laughs> before you do that. I'm thinking about the idea of, of left unchecked or, or without the ability to understand or without being told the kinds of things we lean into or that we can conjure up in our own lives the behaviors and patterns that we go do. Nobody ever told my kids about that until one day here recently, maybe several years ago, I, I began to hear, oh you did what? That's crazy. You could have got hurt. Yeah, we know. Oh, I should have said something to you. I should have, I should have warned you. I should have. Now the aftermath was that, oh, you're laying on the ground. You broke your foot because you did what? You jumped from the roof. Oh no. Okay. After the fact, gather the kids. See that roof right there? We are not going to jump from it. We're just a little too small. This this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to work right now. And thinking about the idea of of things that we need to understand and need to absorb and and understand that when, when, when we encounter Jesus, there's a process with which begins to happen um or should begin to happen a transformation within our heart and mind that begins to change our pattern of thinking and then our ways of behavior are you tracking me like like somewhere like like along the way the the reason and the emphasis for for the the writing and the the recording of of scripture and then the letters of the apostles to the early church were to train people we're to get them to understand that, that there, once there was a way that you lived by a certain set of rules and understanding that now after Christ, all of that has changed. There is a new way. Everybody say, there is a new way. You have been brought into the household of God. And so, so last week we talked about uh, the Apostle Paul... Uh, um, sorry. Sorry. The the, the Apostle Paul's encouragement to no longer be conformed to the ways and customs of the world. But be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's a great sentence. Great sentence. He's encouraging um, the readers of his letter to to understand that there is there is a, a culture at play here and all you simply have to do is go along with it and it will move you and shape you and contour you and and, and allow you to process and digest its ways That oftentimes are Are anti-God. Are you tracking with me? Are you following? And so the Apostle Paul is saying that somewhere in this there needs to be a transformation that begins to happen, and then he tells you how. By the renewing of your mind. You ever heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Come on, somebody. We all resemble that remark. Right? I mean, you can you can let's be honest with ourselves. I'm not judging. I mean, don't judge me. But, but, you know, we all resemble this. It's like this, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to tell you when I stand in front of you right in this moment that, that man, I am on a strict, I follow my lifestyle shows, man, I, I only eat the most nutritious and in small amounts. If I said that to you, you would be looking at me Come on, right? Like in the natural sense, I display, I display, but also in the spiritual sense, the Apostle Paul, and in the in, and in the intellectual the Apostle Paul, is saying, "You are what you consume." Wow! Whoa! Think about this. What what we lean into in our in our reading, in our absorption, our instruction, in our in our casual perusing we're consuming, we're we're eating, our mind and our spirit is is consuming data, information, observation, cultural ways, people around us, we're consuming, Think, think about this, think about this, 2022, average screen time, it's broken up in two different ways, but I think it's like seven and a half hours a day, it's the average person's screen time. Half of that is internet usage. Half of that. It doesn't say the other half like laptops, computers, maybe work-related. But, but seven and a half hours a day. Now, some of you, if you were to break out your phone down, if there was a way that you could search all of social media together in the app, apps together, and, it can, and you could see, and some of you can find that Facebook thing and be looking like, oh, in fact, we've even had discussions in my household. It's come up at times, like screen time or Facebook time or, or Internet time, and we're looking at, you know, and I'm shocked at times of the answers, even in my own life. Can't be. No way. A week? Oh, I'm going to try and drop a zero on that one. I know I'm not the only one. We resemble. And then... We get disappointed because we've been consuming with our, with our, with our mind the wrong stuff. And because we've been consuming with the wrong stuff, we begin to pattern ourselves based on what we're consuming and we end up, the end result day by day is a product of everything we've been consuming. Usually world outlook, our, our life's view, usually emotions and, and responses and reactions to the things that we've observed and seen and now I have to, I have to wrestle with all this and then look through the world and, and try to see clearly and rightly. It's best we can with what we experience. And the Apostle Paul is saying, wait a minute. There is a different way. You have been brought from one place to another that, that, that somehow there needs to be this, this transformation because you have consumed the right stuff. Amen? Amen. And so we've been talking about, last week we talked about Romans chapter 12, verse 9. In some of your Bibles, or maybe in some of your electronic devices, right above that section it might even say how Christians behave. you ever thought about this? How Christians behave. Your behavior can be a marker about who you are. Come on, we know this, right? Come on, we know this. We know this. Sometimes it's easy to look around and see. And observe, like oh, oh, something's different about them. That's wow, that was encouraging. That was refreshing. What was that? What did I? What did I just experience? Or on the other side, I don't know what that was, but I never want to encounter that again. Or, or maybe it's somewhere in between. You know, the the fruit of behavior. You know, the the weight of life. Observation. like, Oh, okay. Oh, I'm just gonna guess. That's something's different there. Something's really different here. Okay. All right. I'm like, well, we know this. And so so the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to show Christians something is different. And so in Romans chapter 12, start in verse 9. I'm just going to read this text, 9 through 11, 13 through 21. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. with good. I want to read you something from Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, One baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. You know, last week we weren't able to jump through and in this part. But I want to break down three things from this text just so that we can talk about and work through how do we take this section of scripture that we just heard and work it through into some principles and, and I want to lay a, a bedrock reason here for some of this, and number one when we when we engage with others, we keep this at the forefront of, of our understanding number one John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, right that we have encountered we 've been recipients of the grace and mercy of god romans five eight that god 's love is demonstrated in this that while we were still sinners, Christ loved us, this is foundational, it helps, it helps shape, with which when we engage others, we realize, I was desperate first, and he found me, I found him, Romans eleven thirty eight. 38, there's absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, See, when we have a good narrative and framework about how and what Jesus has done for our life, it helps inform and it helps keep us so that we don't find ourselves in a state of of mental mind where we get prideful about where we've come from and who we are today. Because God is constantly at work buffeting and changing and challenging people to move them from, from one place to another. Its desire is not to leave us the way he found us, but that Jesus and his image would be moved in us. We would be transformed. And so, so in this, Paul lays out, really lays out what it means in brotherly love to be, to be Christian to one another and to those who are not in the faith. And so the first one is genuine love seeks what is spiritually best, what's best for people. So, see, here's the thing. In our, in our atmosphere and culture today, when we talk about the word love, it, it, it oftentimes gets confused with another word. And that word is tolerance. And I, what I, what I, what I want to hone in on is this. The fact that I even have to say something about what it means, true love, it shows us how much we moved from the concept of what love is. Love is hinged on the idea that there is principle in it in service. If there's like principle in service, this this idea that I am serving you because of and our reason is Christ Jesus. Our reason is our Lord and Savior that has that has motivated us to move to serve people. But but, but here is I am working towards when I recognize this, it means that I am going to have a conversation with you because I am invested in you because of Christ. And that, mean, that means that, that, that right here, if we're in relationship, there's going to be permission back and forth to encourage and to charge and to, and to challenge based on what we know about who Christ is. Amen? Come on, this is really powerful. Like, have like, like you ever been challenged by another Christian in conversation? You've been encouraged? Let's start there. If you ever been encouraged by another Christian? Like, I just want to let you know I've been praying for you and this I felt this verse like for you and then they bring a scripture verse and then they read it to you and and it's like wow that word is so timely it's like wow that's refreshing like I got a word the other day and it was like powerful to me and it was like um, something about being in the valley and just don't, don't forget that there's grass that grows in the valley and you can eat there like, it's, it's full of sustenance and, and, and nutrition, and, and there's sustenance. And so you're, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I've just been mulling about that over and over. Like, a timely word that just brought, brought so much life and the ability just to meditate on something and I was thinking about. It. But then the other way happens as well when we're in relationship. See, in the Christian life, that there are, there are ways, and those ways are listed in Scripture. And if, and if you say you're a Christian, then the Bible is your book. The Bible is your book. And it, and it means what it says. And so if a believer comes to you and you're in a relationship and they, and they read something to you, hey, hey, Pastor All, I just want to let you know, I've, I came across this verse, I read it, and then I saw you do this, and I just want to read this. Then they read it, and you have a choice to make in that moment. It's like, oh, they're coming to me in love. Number one, am I a Christian? Number two, is the Bible my book? Is this the authority in, in my life? And number three, am I going to, to apply what I've just heard for my life? You see, we've talked about the idea that there, there are some rules and boundaries and most often put for our safety and security. And, and maybe in the moment when we're living in that, we, we chafe and stress at it, but, but pull away the big picture, 30,000 foot view. You look at that and say, wow, that, those rules kept me. That, that, that word ensured me. Those scriptures kind of, I followed them and they, they added to my life. And this is the same way when we're, we're in Christ and we're, we're loving one another that we actively seek a relationship with the other people that helps and in speak into and lend to godly character and the building up of that. Amen? Come on, like this is, this is part of the nature of, of iron sharpens iron and, and walking together and and saying, you know, I, I love you. And so because of that, I, I know what the scripture says, and I want to encourage you that you would walk in that way. Do that thing. It's for your best. That we would understand that this kind of love doesn't give up. And, and I wanna, I wanna, I wanna hone in on this idea that, you know, it's it's easy in our culture and just the flesh. We're, We're fickle people, right? Like if, if, this, if we're in relationship and our relationship is purely transactional based on an outside set of metrics, then whenever those metrics aren't, aren't met or performance evaluations aren't, aren't met, then that relationship can be downgraded or changed. But, but here is the truth of the, our relationship in Christ is we are yoked together because of one. And his name is Jesus, amen? And so because of that yoking, there is a whole nother set that, uh-oh, to be brought into the household of God, I'm knitted into a family and, and, and several weeks ago, a month ago, we talked about the idea of, of what it means to be in a household and that progression to go from, from acquaintance to a regular to all of a sudden somebody saying, oh man, just come on in, you're like family and you've arrived and there's, a, there's that understanding like, oh wait, I got to help myself now? I know where the water is. I know where the bathroom is and food. I, get, I guess I got it. Okay, it's okay. But, but you, you've been brought in and to be in family, there are ways. And what we see in the kingdom of God is that Jesus is hope. Amen? Jesus is hope. And so when we look at people and situations, we must be a people of fervent hope. Genuine love, it doesn't give up. And when we don't know what to do with the relationship with people, here's what we can do. We lean into prayer to our almighty God. Amen? And when we don't know how to engage or, or sometimes we have to put boundaries around relationship or, or sometimes a connection is broken in communication, the thing we can do is we can believe and hope and trust in Jesus Christ, that he's gonna make a way, amen? But, but in the midst of that, we are not a people who give up hope about people, amen? Like, that's the, that's the long view, that's the view that we see. Okay, 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 I know what I see with my eyes today, I know what I'm feeling and sensing, but however, God, you're a God that has always been able, that you would do today what you've always done, that you would intervene, that you would make a way, that you would, that you would heal people, that you would rescue. This is the prayer of, of a believing church, amen, that we're a people who believe that, God, you don't give up, so we don't give up. And we're gonna lean into this idea that you are the rescuer, that you're the one who can do that. And sometimes it's only him alone but we're going to lean into that and we're going to be Christian in that. And the word that comes out of our heart and mind is that we are going to stand with and encourage. The other one is that brotherly love When Paul illustrates, he's writing all this. He writes in Ephesians, he writes in Romans, he's encouraging the Christian church Don't be selfish. And I got to tell you, church, as a church, you are generous. You are, this is like hands and feet, shown faith, getting in there and working. I was just thinking about the Hubers. They had a a, a fire in one of their garages a while back. But this weekend, they put out a Facebook post and said, man, if you could help, please come. We're going to tear down one side of the ship. And people showed up and tore that garage down. And the, po- the photos that they posted, it was clean and nice. And they were giving thanks to those who could show up. But, but, but there it is. Like, you did what you could with what you had. They showed up. And the Apostle Paul is encouraging Christians that you would be practical about your faith. That you would be practical. That you would just do the thing that you see and you know to do, hands and feet. There would be a people that as we look around, that we would try to meet people's needs as we can, that we would lend of our, of our time, our finances, our talents to others that we could live in, in peace and harmony and encourage one another. Sometimes it is just about spending time with one another, amen? Sometimes it is about just, just going up and saying hello and, hey man, you want to you want to just spend some time, we can have some coffee or talk, and just that little bit to remind them, oh, you're loved. Jesus loves you. And in leaning into those moments where like you recognize that the most precious thing you have is your time, and that you're lending that to have relationship, and to talk to, and to let the grace of God move through you toward them, that we would be a practical people, and when we hear the needs of people around us, that we do what we can to meet them. The early church we see in the book of Acts, it says that they, as they heard need, they sold the things that they had to meet those needs. But I got to tell you here, and, and in the last couple of weeks, we've been doing some fundraising for um, pastor in Nicaragua. God's been on the move there. You guys have responded to that. And, 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 and I mean, co- I commend you. And even in our church, we have people with practical needs or emergencies that flare up. And, and sometimes, you know, they'll request from the church. And then other times, other people hear them. And before we even respond, and sometimes somebody from our church has already, oh, we, we, we talked with him. We, we figured it out. We're going to do something. And if not, then we as a church come alongside and see what we can do to help. And that is because of you because of your giving, because of your generosity, the the practicality of that, 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 that the Apostle Paul is encouraging Christians. Be generous. Meet the practical need as Christians. There would be people who wouldn't turn our back on others who are suffering, that when we see people in other situations unlike ours, that we would be willing to step in. Here's a bottle of water. I brought you lunch, what do you need? How can we help? And if you can't meet it, then you pray with him and maybe spread the word, but at some point that we would lean into that idea. You see, the Apostle Paul is encouraging Christians to do the thing unlike other people do, that we would show the world by our love for one another that we are different, amen? that there's a culture here that, that, that invites in and that, and that hopes and believes and is willing to journey with one another. We're willing to walk through the journeys and help on the practical and, and be hands and feet because we have been recipients of the grace of God. And this morning, I just wanted to encourage you as we talk about and, and begin to wrap up this idea of a transformed life, that we would be a people who would lean into the scripture lead into the Bible, invite the Holy Spirit to be present in our lives so that he would lead and convict and show and empower and that we would be people who would be spirit-led, transformed in our mind, thereby transformed in our behaviors and actions as we engage with one another. God didn't come to just leave us the way he found us. He came to, to work through the details and to shape us more into the image of God, and the way we know what that image looks like is the picture that we see in scripture, amen like that is the model that is the that is the goal that's the invitation is come to know him by by consuming the right stuff by making sure that we're 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 pressing in and and, and, and making this this part this scripture like wow, that's not just a morsel, that's a, that's a buffet. And I, and I wanna encourage you. Sometimes when you don't know what to do or to study and when it comes to reading scripture, read it like the story that it is. Just just read it, just, just open up. And just say, Lord, speak to me. I'm, I'm just gonna read this for what's written and help me to glean from it what it is that you would have. But it, it wasn't written to us, but it's for us and right in the text is life, amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? I recognize when I share a message like this or this portion of the journey that we've been on that I'm preaching to the choir. That many of you have, have, have said in, in, in conversation, like, Jesus is your goal, like, your life and relationship, and you are pressing into that. And for that, I want to say, Amen. I celebrate with you. But I also know that there are people in this this group that need a reminder. It's like, hey, God is calling for relationship with you. Don't drown them out. There's a lot of noise out there. Make sure that you're consuming the right stuff, that you're reading the right stuff, that you're listening to the right stuff. So that the Lord would have a framework as he begins to work through and that the Holy Spirit, he wants to be present in your life. Amen. Be blessed. Have a great week.